tonight. We're uh, a little different than uh, some other nights, uh, some other Wednesday nights. We, if you don't know, we have been uh, in uh, three days of, of fasting. So if everything seems a little slow, <laughs> Marcus and I are like, yeah, we're, we're not moving at full speed here. But, but he's so good in these times of, it's kind of like in these times of weakness, it's just, you have to rely on him even more. There's these times, he's the one that strengthens us. And it's just that reminder, I think, how, how good he is, that he, he gives us everything we need. He is our provider. And we don't need, it's not, we don't rely on food, on, on bread alone, right? But by every word, by this, by his spirit that proceeds out of the mouth of God. His spirit is so beautiful. That, that 1 Corinthians 2, just where it says he, that the spirit understands the deep thoughts of the Father, understands the very deepest thoughts, the most intimate thoughts. And then it says that he's given us his spirit to be in us, to be our counselor. Like we have everything we need to succeed. Sometimes we just don't realize it. Sometimes we're so busy, so focused on the things of this world that we actually forget to listen to the counselor that knows the deep thoughts of the Father. If we actually listen to him all the time, I think we'd be in a much better place. <laughs> I don't know about you, but there's these times where I'm just going to be stressed out, worried, trying to figure things out. But when we stop, when we wait upon him, when we put our hope in him, our trust in him, when we really do that, we say we do it all the time, but when we really do it, there's a peace that comes on the inside of us. There's a strength that comes, a wisdom that comes, an understanding and a discernment that comes, wells up from within us. It doesn't come from our head. It actually comes from our spirit when our spirit is strengthened by the Holy Spirit, aligned with the Holy Spirit, that begins to take over. The battle's always in our mind. Sometimes we have to shut our mind down. It's the thing I love about praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, is it actually confuses, I feel like it confuses the enemy and it just, it edifies my spirit to align with the Holy Spirit that I can actually have greater clarity and understanding and hearing the word of the Lord. So I guess we'll dive in. I could keep going, but I'll just... Uh, oh, Jim, yeah, you can bring that up. Thank you so much. wanted to... Uh, we're going to just share a little bit, Marcus and I. Um, can you share from there? You got that? Okay. Uh, so we want to share a little bit, but want to spend time praying in, in groups, but also <laughs> we'll figure out how we do this all and, and get you guys out of here by around 8.30. Uh, but, uh, but the, oops, it's moved over. <laughs> you guys can't see me at all. Behind the, oh, now you can't see Marcus. There you go. Is that all right? So we'll just, we can ride over there. What's that? Yeah, there you go. 
Okay, so in these three days of fasting, I just kind of want to set the, like, just what happened here in these three days. And, and we're in the third day, so it's kind of all still fresh and still a little confusing. And, you know, when you're kind of in the middle of it, it's almost like you have to kind of set back after it and, and evaluate and kind of see the bigger picture of things of what the Lord's been showing us. But uh, but I'll, I'll just say, the, uh, as we got into this, the first day, uh, really felt this uh, this need to tap into the, the Lord's heart. That, that he, is, he was asking the question, uh, like, get to know my heart. That he wanted to reveal his heart just to us. I, I would say anytime you're just kind of get into those times of prayer and fasting, be careful not to jump ahead and think you know what the Lord desires or what he wants and then try to get the Lord to do it. <laughs> it doesn't usually work out very well. But in this, as we, as we just stop and we, we just began to listen and just say, God, what is on your heart? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to do the very will of God. We want his heart. We need to understand it. Um, and the Lord showed me a few things. He said, so he kind of took us through this. It was, what's on your heart? And then the next question kind of in this was, okay, Lord, how do we do it? Uh, but then in that, it was also, Lord, what's your part in this? Because anytime the Lord wants to do something, his part is so much greater than our part. He's like, okay, I want to take over this nation. W what are we going to do? Well, you're going to walk around this wall six times on the seventh time, walk around it seven times, blow some trumpets. Okay, what are you going to do? I'm going to destroy the walls and give you this, <laughs> this city. <laughs> and he does it over and over again. It's how the Lord works. Uh, so it, it's not like it says the commands that he has, they're not, they're not burdensome for us. In First John 4, it talks about this. But the things that he has for us, it's not burdensome. He just wants our participation. He like it's the whole premise of this story of the Bible is that that we would be His people, that He would be our God, and that He would dwell with us from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. It starts there and it ends there. And so, one of the big things like that I would say is we just got into this and we realized what does He desire? He desires his people and, and we as his people what's our calling what's our position in this he calls us the ambassadors he calls us the ministers of reconciliation to, to go and get these people to go and share with them the love of God so in that though there were I'll just say there was a boy there was such a beautiful time uh, that was Monday morning for three hours we we, uh, we went through that. I was trying to think, Marcus, are there things that you want to just highlight on Monday? I think on Monday, something that the Lord was, um, as we were asking what was on his heart, just taking Marcus notes up. of, we were taking notes of everyone that, you know, said and things and, and uh, we were listening to the Lord and, and just went around and shared. And I think the, the overarching um, theme 
was, could be summed up in worship, a lifestyle of worship, a lifestyle of loving him and a lifestyle of radical obedience to him through that love. And there were things um, about setting our eyes on Jesus and Jesus alone, getting all other things, getting our attention off of all other things and unto Jesus, getting our attention onto the, the practical things that he's calling us to do of, of visit prisoners and care for the sick and, and minister to the poor. And how do we prepare for a great shaking? We prepare by focusing on Jesus and living a lifestyle of worship that Romans 12, lives on the altar, acceptable and holy and pleasing to God. So I think that was, uh, for me, probably the overarching theme of Monday. Yeah. Yeah. The, other, the one thing I just remember too is just that Isaiah 58. Um, you know, when you talk about a fast, I think the, the part that hit me, it says you, you cannot fast as you do today, basically saying, hey, things are, things are changing here and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? <laughs> the Lord's not always kind in his words. <laughs> He's a little abrupt. <laughs> he can't be a little abrupt. Kind of hitch in the gut, but it's a good gut hit. <laughs> um, it says, it is only for bowing one's head like a reed. And for, or is it only for bowing one's head like a reed or lying on sackcloth or, or, or and ashes? Then he says this, and you guys know this part. Is this, or is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fast that I have chosen? And then he, he breaks it down here. He says, it's to loose the chains of injustice to untie the cords of the yoke and to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor homeless or the wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. That's the fast that actually he has chosen. So it's very, very similar to Isaiah 61 when Jesus takes the scroll and reads Isaiah 61. It's basically the declaration, this is his life. And, and he says, and now follow me. And it's just that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, key to this whole thing, because now we have the spirit of the sovereign Lord upon us, in us, strengthening us to do what? Anointing us to preach the good news to the poor to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness the prisoners. This is the fast. This is, and, and, I, and I'd say you can almost put fasting and, and worship together. The fasting and the worship is this place of just sacrifice of our lives for the very things that he desires. That we would give him all the glory in this. That our lives would actually be a uh, an outpouring like Paul talks about where it's, it's that that we pour everything out. We give everything that we have on this earth. But there is so much more. I can't remember the scripture verse where it is, but it's that like that in eternity, 
there is a hundred times blessing. That's that inheritance, a hundred times more. The very things that we give up now, like he blesses us with that hundredfold here and on in the heavens yeah. and in eternity. Uh, it may not look the way we think it is supposed to look. There's that, sometimes you hear the prosperity gospel or the prosperity message of like, well, if you just, if you just sow, you're going to reap a hundredfold right here. And, and that's not always how it works. It's that we actually lay our treasures up in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. So that, that was Monday and it was beautiful. Uh, Tuesday, we did this really fun thing. Uh, went up to Boulder. Uh, there's another church up there called City on the Hill. And uh, Pastor Brandon Cole and his team. And they came into this time of prayer and fasting with us. And so we just said, hey, we want to take our staff. We want to take our team. We want to just go up there. And during this fast, we just want to bless them. So it wasn't to try to get anything. It wasn't to try to get anything from the Lord. It was actually just to go up to pray fast, encourage them in the Lord, and just bless another church. Turned out we got up there. There were actually about 10 pastors of different churches up there. And uh, we got to, uh, they were all there, and then our whole crew came in, and they thought we were going to have four or five, and I think we had 15 to 20 that came in. And <laughs> like, wow. Uh, and uh, it was such a sweet, sweet time. And uh, anytime. Anytime you're in that spirit of unity, it's that, that, that Psalm 133, that he actually commands a blessing. And, uh, and we actually experience that uh, in so many ways on Tuesday. Uh, I want to quickly read to you uh, just a word that uh, one of the, someone had up there for the rock and for this region for us. And so I think it's important for you guys to hear that. But uh, as we were talking about it afterwards, I was like, we walked out of there so encouraged and so blessed. <laughs> it wasn't the intent, but I was like, oh my. Like, it was amazing how encouraging it was and how blessed we felt. Like, I felt like we got the better end of the deal than they did. <laughs> um, yeah, so this, this was the word that, uh, and I, I missed the very first part. I tried to record it and I missed the first part, but uh, you have to... Ask the Lord for that part. He said this, and this is what he showed me as we were praying. I see you in your worship center, and you've been down in the front. You've been crying out for intercession to the Lord. You've been crying out for the Lord, and I want to encourage you. I see a greater level of visitations coming from the Lord Jesus himself coming to you coming before you and as you've as you've been as you bend down and as you've been worshiping and as you've been praying I see him walking the aisles walking around you and touching you you're going to have manifestations of the presence of Jesus Christ like you've never had in this season he is going to honor the heart cry and I see hearts on fire, the all-consuming fire lighting you up. <laughs> That's both a good thing and a bad thing. <laughs> it's still fire. Uh, yeah, 
But if it's going to be a fire, you want his all-consuming fire, right? So just just be ready because when an all-consuming fire comes, it actually burns up a lot of the stuff that we've been holding on to. Uh, but it'll be for our own benefit. It's for it's because of his mercy and his love for us. Uh, so I want you to have a hunger, an increased hunger right now for the manifest presence of Jesus to move amongst you like you've never seen, like you've never known, but you've cried out for. Your heart has been crying out for something that you, you don't even know what your heart's been crying out for. You don't know what you don't know, but you are about to find out. <laughs> so Lord, right now, I speak a blessing over them in the name of Yeshua for a greater visitation right now that that place would have a fire of Azusa Street over the top of it, that people would see right now that they would see a fire, that they would call the fire department, that they would say that house is on fire, (laughs) and that they would come and that their hearts would be beckoned to find out what this fire is, what this fire is and who these people are whose hearts are burning with the word of God, with the truth of God, and with the power of God. We ask, Lord, that there would be a visitation of greater signs and wonders right now, of miracles, that they would say, I know where Jesus is. He's everywhere, but he is meeting right here. He is communing right here and in this place and with these people. So we speak a blessing over Castle Rock right now. May God bless you and keep you. And may he cause his face to shine upon you. And may he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, Castle Rock. That you would seek God while he may be found and that you would find him in the land of the living. But there would be a blessing, that there would be a blessing over the land, just like in the Welsh revival. Your manifest presence, God, would rest in the atmosphere of the city in Jesus' name. So we bless the rock. We bless everyone from the rock. We bless you and we like you. Then he just said this. He said, and I saw the desire of your heart and of his heart fusing together like this. And he just went like this, which was interesting that the, that was Tuesday. Monday was the day that we actually just asked the Lord to reveal his heart to us. And that in that, that our hearts would be aligned with his heart. So he sees this the next day. We didn't tell him that he sees that the desire of our heart and his heart fusing together And that when it came together, that there was a fire that erupted from the unity and it spread throughout the city. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? Wow. So that's just a word from the Lord. And we just say, Lord, let it be so. We say amen to that word. Lord, we press into that word. We just ask you, Lord, that there would be that hunger and that thirst for more of you. That there would be a crying out for more of you. That that there would be nothing else of value in our lives. Lord, everything else is to be used of you for your kingdom, Lord, that we would, the finances we have, the, 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 the resources that we have, Lord, they're not to benefit us or to, 
to make us comfortable, but they're, they're for your kingdom. So Lord, I pray for that meshing of our hearts. Lord, that, not a meshing, <laughs> that alignment of our hearts with your heart. That in that, that there is that fusing together as we align with your heart. You never changed. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. But Lord, we want to be in alignment with you. We want to have that hunger and that thirst for you in this season. Even through these times of prayer and fasting, as, as, we, as we hunger for food, as I, as I look forward to having a, a meal tonight, <laughs> Lord, I pray that our desire for you would be greater than any desire for food or for drink or for the things of this world. Lord, may we not even have a desire for the things of this world. May it be an afterthought. May you be our only thought. In Jesus' name. Marcus, you want to talk into Wednesday today? Yeah, so today we ended with, um, read those, read those, because the Lord showed you four things about the fast. Read Read the, read those four things, if you don't mind. Oh. Because you, you read two of them. Oh, I didn't read them all, did I? Yeah, so it's, it's, what's your heart, God? What's our part in this? What's the part that you play? And then the last two things are, what's the cost? What is this actually going to cost us? And then the, the last one is, and what's the reward? Jesus actually understood the reward when he said it's for the joy set before me. There is, there is something, I guess it's a good question for all of us. Is do, we even, do we realize what the reward is? As we go after the heart of God, knowing our part, understanding his part, saying, okay, we're going to count the cost. Here's the cost, which we're t- yeah. talking about today. I go, there's a cost. But I'm telling you, the cost of not doing it is much greater. <laughs> it's eternity. So I'm like, man, whatever cost it is, it's so worth it. It's like, go get the pearl. Go get the land. Like, there's nothing greater. Let's, let's, let's sell everything we have. Let's get that one thing that is of value to us. It's the only thing of value. So, sorry. I, I no, that's great. Take it. That's great. <laughs> So we were talking about that cost and, and Luke 14 was highlighted where Jesus is telling them that you have to take up your cross and follow me. And then in Luke 9, he says, you have to do this daily. There's a daily taking of our cross. There's a daily joining in and denying ourselves like Jesus denied himself to pursue his father and the voice of his father. And, and it says, you have to renounce all things. You can't put anything above me. And we can all do better at this. I mean, when you hear that, you know, we kind of we tend to go, yeah, okay, I need to do a better job of that, right? But the Holy Spirit, something the Lord was encouraging me today as I was reading Luke 14, he just said in my heart, Marcus, I would not ask this of you if I would not give you the grace to do this. I would not ask this of you if I would not empower you to actually do these words. And so, so there's that cost of worship. I mean, there's that, there's that 
cost of pursuing the Lord where he's all in all, he's everything, and we lay down our agendas and our lives. But then there's the reward of it. And I remember the Lord dealing with me in my mid-twenties, and I was asking for greater grace for obedience. And he, and he spoke to me, and, he, and, he, and this was a season, you know, this wasn't just one time, but I felt like him highlighting, he said, Marcus, if you want a greater grace for obedience, you need to know the reward that is before you. And, and I had this pride rise up and I said, oh, no, no, I don't, I don't, Lord, I'm just doing this for you. All I, all I want is Jesus. He goes, that's good, but that's actually not my leadership. I'm very specific about the rewards for your obedience and you need a greater clarity of, for the reward so that you can deny yourself to pursue it. And so I, I just, I feel like in this season, what the Lord is asking of us in radical obedience, there's going to be a greater grace if we focus on the reward. And Mike said it. I mean, this is what Jesus did. He said, this is what I did. I focused on the joy that was set before me. It helped me to endure the cross. But what happened after that? I sat down at my father's right hand. And so I, I'm, Mike was referencing a scripture of the... Uh, the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler in Matthew 19, he, he's offered discipleship. A lot of people think that because he's the only person that Jesus says, follow me, that doesn't do it. That's not a disciple. It's the only time the follow me was rejected by Jesus. And he couldn't do it because he couldn't lay down the riches. And then Peter, just bold Peter says, Lord, we've left it all to follow you. What will you do for us? And I remember reading that, yeah, you know, you think that's going to be a rebuke. You think that's one of the, like, get behind me, Satan, you know? You're just like, oh, no, Jesus. But Jesus doesn't rebuke Peter for asking that question, which is amazing to me. He's seen someone turn away from the follow me because he had many riches. And Peter goes, hey, we actually, we actually have left it all. What will we get? And, and Jesus goes, Peter, you and your friends around you, you're going to sit on 12 thrones ruling the 12 tribes of Israel. And then he says, and everyone, then he include, this includes all of us, and everyone who leaves father, mother, lands for my namesake, he said, they will receive a hundredfold. And then when Mark talks about this, it actually says, they will receive a hundredfold in this life, and in the next life. When I return, I will remember and I will reward. And there's so many scriptures. I mean, we were talking through the, the rewards of the churches of Revelation. I mean, Jesus says, I know what's going on. There's things that are precious to me. There's things that are off. But he just doesn't stop there. Sometimes we stop there. <laughs> Sometimes I stop there with my children. Hey, there are things that are precious and there are things that are off. You better fix those things, you know? <laughs> But Jesus goes, no. He says, those things that are off, if you overcome, if you conquer, if you, and then he just lists these incredible rewards. He says, you're going to eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. He says, you're going to sit with me on my throne just as I sat down and my father gave me authority from his throne. 
He said, you're going to be a pillar in the temple of my God. I'm going to write the name of the new Jerusalem and just these amazing promises. And he says, focus on the promise and it'll give you grace to overcome. So I feel like the Lord's inviting us to let's, let's, and, and especially when Mike, uh, when the Lord spoke this to Mike, that just resonated in my spirit. There's a great cost, but the reward way outweighs the cost. I mean, Paul says, it's a momentary light affliction, but what it's working for me is an eternal weight of glory that's going to be given to me. And he saw it. He saw the trade and he goes, I want that crown of life. I want that weight of glory. I'm going to keep on going. I mean, Paul's writing this in his late 60s and he's saying, I'm going to keep on suffering. I'm going to keep on going with this lifestyle. So, I think that's something that we just want to pray into tonight. We just want to ask for grace to move forward with whatever it's going to cost us. But, Lord, make those rewards so clear and tangible that it's easy to deny ourselves. So anyway, that was today. So let's, let's do this. I, I, want to, I feel like here's the thing. When, when we are in these times of prayer and fasting and, and the Lord reveals things, uh, we don't want to take them lightly especially in these seasons where um, there are, we feel like there's another, like there's some shakings coming. There's some things that are, that are going to, that are going to kind of hit us, but we've talked about it. Like it's, it says that he's going to shake the things that can be shaken. So the shaking is really only going to affect us if we're holding on to the things that can be shaken. Because if we're not holding on to the things that can be shaken, if we're holding on to the eternal things, if we're, if we're grounded and root, rooted and grounded in those things, if we're rooted and grounded in his love and operating out of that, and that is the very source of our life, and that's where we, that, that's the thing that, that actually is, is holding us where we are. There is no shaking that's going to hit us. When this world gets shaken, when the things around us get shaken, it's not going to affect us at all. And what it's going to do is it's going to have us ready to go, prepared to actually for these times of revival. Because when revival, when shakings hit, that's when there's revival. That's where I go. It's funny, you know, we, we sing the revival songs. We call out for revival. We say, Lord, come, you're consuming fire. Bring it all. And then when it comes, everybody goes, ah, what just happened? <laughs> The very thing that is going to, when the, when the earth begins to shake, we're going to see revival. Uh, my dad, um, who's a little older than me, uh, <laughs> I think back in 1910, he was telling, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's that? 1910. <laughs> but I, I, Sometimes you can look back. There's history, actually. There's things in history that we can learn from. And uh, it's interesting, the Jesus movement that happened back in the, it was like the 60s, 70s, right? The late 60s, early 70s. You got to remember that time. That was a crazy time, right? Like there was just, there was a lot of chaos. There was stuff going on. You had Martin Luther King. You had, um, yeah, so, like the racial problems. It's interesting how the, the racial things rise when the, shake, when the shakings happen. Yeah, there was political unrest. There was a lot of stuff going on in that time. And then there was just some of the crisis of the oil and uh, just different things that were happening as well. And so there was a shaking going on on the earth. 
And, uh, and again, this is when they had the Jesus, but they call it now the Jesus movement. Uh, and uh, some of you I see, you're probably old enough to know about it. <laughs> Maybe be in it. Um, what's that? <laughs> Born into it. There you go. Yeah. Um, but there were so many that came to Christ during that time. And, uh, but it was a lot of the hippies. And so even in that time, here you had these churches. And I remember there was, I can't remember who it was, but they, the, the uh, people were complaining because these hippies were coming in. And the hippie, they didn't have shoes on, so they have muddy feet or dirty feet. And they're coming down, and they're getting the carpet all dirty as they're coming into the, into the churches because they're just walking in barefoot. And they just want to know Jesus. And, and so the, some of the people, this was a story, some of the people were complaining to the pastor about how they were, they were messing up the carpet, dirtying the carpet. So they came in the next week, and the pastor had ripped out all the carpet. Say, <laughs> like, we don't need carpet. We need people. And uh, now there, I can say that there were some other churches, I think, in those times that they really pushed away the, the hippies and, and that kind of those, those people um, because they just, they, they weren't, they weren't the clean-cut Christians uh, the way that the Christians are supposed to look. And uh, that's, they did. Yes, so many missed out on the revival because of that. And they'll, in the same way, I believe, as we're going to be coming, there's a, we, if you don't know, we are moving into a season of revival. We've, we've felt the tremors. Uh, it's like, but it's about to quake. It's about to shift. And, uh, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. There is a preparation that we need to be in, though. We need to have our hearts prepared. And that's why I feel like when the Lord tells us these things, he's like, align with my heart. This isn't like, okay, God, over the next 10 years, I'll, I'll get there. This is like, no, do it now. Get into alignment right now. This is that, don't, don't get your oil. <laughs> it's the, the virgins we we're talking about this. There's 10 virgins and five of them have the oil. They go get the oil. The other five, wait. They just don't see the vat. They're like, I'll get the oil when I need to. And when, they, when it finally happens, when the time comes, they're too late. They, they go to get their oil and they actually miss out on the very thing, the very moment that, that Christ comes in and, and that five virgins come in and the other five, they're like, no, door's closed, you're out. I, I, we don't want to miss the opportunities when the Lord's putting them right in front of us. This is our time to get oil. I feel like even in that, like that's, I was writing down some of the things like what's our part in this? It's, it's get the oil. <laughs> it's get the intimacy. Get, get before the Lord. Get on your knees before the Lord. Don't wait. Don't think that you can do this five years from now. Or, and we don't know the timing. We don't know, especially when these things are happening, when these shakings are happening. But I don't want to be on the side of shaking. That's, that's I don't want to be in the shaking. I want to see the shaking and then be able to move in the heart of the Lord and exactly the things he desires us to do in this time. We want to be prepared so that we can move. I feel like the last shaking that happened, even just this minor tremor of COVID, when that shook every church, it was kind of like uh, a bunch of turtles. They just kind of went, whoop, their heads all went in, including us, everyone. I mean, it was just like every church just kind of re- went into that like reclusive mode. And, uh, and then it was like, ah, trying to figure it out. That was, I feel like that was the heads up. 
Let's not have that happen again. Let's be prepared, ready, ready to move when the shakings happen. So let's, so let's, let's do this. This is why I feel like it's so important right now. But let's, let's gather into groups. I just feel like it's a great time to just pray into this. And, uh, and I feel like that there may, I, there's probably some things that, um, that maybe from a corporate standpoint, that uh, if they're personal things, don't share them. That's for you, between you and the Lord. Um, but if there's, if there's some, some things corporately that you just felt that, um, that you heard over these last few days, what I, I just, I'd love for you just to come up maybe and just and write them down. Just write down those things that, uh, that you felt like uh, you were hearing from the Lord for us as a body. I think they're going to be important. But also, so you can kind of do that before or after, but just, I think, gather into groups. I don't know, don't, not too large a groups, otherwise... You're not going to pray. Maybe like groups of four or five, something like that. And, uh, and just begin to pray into this. Ask the Lord for, so that we would know his heart more. Ask him for what, what your part is in this. And, and things that maybe you've been praying into. But like ask him that we would have those things revealed to us that would just remove, be removed uh, in this season, in this time, that, that need to be removed so that we are prepared for the coming times. So Marcus, you want to just pray into that and then we'll just gather into groups and write down the things as well. Lord, we wouldn't be those who are awake when you move. We want to be those who are of sober judgment when you are. And we want to be those who have discernment. So God, I pray right now you would help us with a spirit of discernment. Lord, I ask that you would give us grace to get oil now. And Lord, as you speak to us, just like Daniel in Daniel 9, when he knew the 70 years was up and Israel was going back to the land, he did not, he was not passive, but he was active in intercession. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be active in asking you to do the things that you that are on your heart. I pray that we would understand our position before you as partners with you. And that when we hear the word of the Lord, we wrestle for the full manifestation of your glory in the next season in prayer. So give to us a spirit of prayer, a spirit of grace, a spirit of supplication. Holy Spirit, this is you. And when even we don't know what to pray, you rise up within us with groanings, And you pray the perfect will of God through us. So we ask you to do that in this next season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.